Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us, supertalk.fm, or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners especially our servicemen who are out there taking care of us. <coughs> I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way. That's where the trip through the drive through at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or in Brupolo in Tupelo. Again, it's it would be really weird if Brupolo was in, you know, Noxipater. But wherever you live in our great state or in our great country, you can get Strange Brew Coffee shipped right to your door. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order for shipping. And simple as that. Whatever kind of device you're making coffee with, they've got you taken care of. And if you've got a Keurig, they've certainly got you taken care of because those K-Cups continue to fly off the shelf. StrangeBrewCoffeeHouse.com. That's how you can get coffee delivered right to your door. We are just days away from the uh, first pitch of the 2022 baseball season. I hope you are ready, not just in ready, you know, mentally, but sartorially. Uh, see, that's a big word as well. And I'm talking about heading to College Corner and picking up some brand new maroon and white merchandise. Whatever you're looking for, Mississippi State, they've got it at College Corner. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're original by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco looks forward to seeing you this weekend and every weekend. Mississippi State has home baseball. That's a great place to go on a spring weekend. The big patio when the weather is good. Have a margarita. Have some, uh, some chips and salsa or chips and queso and grab a couple of unique and delicious tacos, stuff you're not going to find anywhere else. It's Starville's newest and best Mexican restaurant. It's Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. It is Humble Taco. Excuse me. Firehouse Subs, that's a great place to grab lunch just about every day of the week, and they make it real easy. I don't know if you, if you guys don't follow Firehouse Subs on Twitter. They were giving away stuff all weekend long, doubling points, giving away free subs. Hope you were able to take advantage of that. But if you're not, just having the Firehouse Subs app is enough because you pile up reward points whenever you use it. You can place your order, run in, pick it up, and you're eating lunch. I know everybody's, you know, you're in a hurry for lunch. Firehouse Subs makes it quick, easy, and delicious when you download the Firehouse Subs apps. There's locations in Starkville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, and Madison and Flowood for Firehouse Subs. Robbie Falk. Hello. I got to be totally honest with you. We're going to have a little moment of honesty here. Outside of the season ending, <coughs> excuse me, and possibly the hiring of a new coach, I didn't think we were going to leave with women's basketball this academic year. You know, you go back to my, my predictions about uh, March Madness back in December, where I took a lot of heat for the men. I said the men weren't going to make it. Took a lot of heat for that. I said the women weren't going to make it, and everybody was on board. I was not right about the women. It looks like they're going to make it. And yesterday, if they do make it, will be a big reason why. To totally dominate from start to finish a really good Ole Miss team, to get some revenge, 
to play shorthanded, to play against one of the top post players, not just in the SEC, but in all of women's college basketball, and just win that game, I- I'm going to use the word easily. That is as impressive a performance and a coaching job as we've seen in any sport uh, since the national championship was won back in, in, in June. Your thoughts being there at the hump of how easily State was able to handle Ole Miss? Yeah, I mean, it didn't really feel easy as the game was going on. But when you look back at it, they were up by 10 points from middle of the second quarter, early in the second quarter until the end of the game. That, that game was never back to single digits. And I think the key there was that Mississippi State never allowed Ole Miss to go on a run. And I think that's, that's the key to beating on this Ole Miss team. You've got to protect the basketball because they like – this is not a very good offensive team. They're not a very good offensive team. The The bulk of what they do offensively comes from Shakira Austin and comes from them getting out in transition, turning teams over. And Mississippi State didn't allow them to do that. State beat the press. They got into the half court. They ran some clock, and they finished possessions. Uh, shot clock was running down. They made a shot. Somebody hit a big three. My Taylor got a big bucket. Anastasia Hayes got a big bucket. So State never really allowed Ole Miss to do what they did in that first game, and that is get in Mississippi State's grill, get turnovers, get Mississippi State rattled and score. They weren't able to do that. They were they were getting in the half court, and State was just kind of surrounding the paint. They were collapsing in on Shakira Austin. And, you know, Austin got her points. She scored 20 points. She had 14 rebounds. But she had seven points, I think, in the first half. So she was not able to get into any kind of rhythm. She only had one field goal in the first half. State did a really good job taking her out. It took Madison Scott out of the game as well. She had three points and fouled out. So I thought the game plan was just outstanding from Doug Novak. And he made a good point, um, you know, after the game. Going into that first game, he had been away from the team for several days because he had been diagnosed with COVID. And he didn't get a chance to practice with them. They were doing their scout over Zoom. Um, Danae Carter wasn't playing in the game. I know she wasn't playing in this one either, but I just feel like that really disrupted the team's rhythm. Uh, and now they've gotten into a rhythm. They know who their personnel and they know who's left on this team. And I feel like the game plan was just totally different. I, I didn't think that Ole Miss was 15 points better than Mississippi State and at one point, 30 points better than Mississippi State in that first meeting. I thought State could play better, but I was still surprised with how they played this ball game. But you could tell there was a little something extra in that locker room to come out and play the way that they did against Ole Miss. And so now Mississippi State finds themselves in position that if they can close the season relatively strong, they're going to make the NCAA tournament. I mean, you have to have been of the mindset early in the season watching this team play as players got injured, as players left the team, that it was it, to say it would be an uphill climb uh, would, would be putting it mildly. Robbie, just tell us more about the coaching job that Doug Novak has done this season and, and why has he been so successful in getting this team to buy into what he's teaching them? I don't know. I, I think he's just so real with them that they – they trust him. You know, Anastasia Hayes mentioned something like that after the game the other day. I think they just trust him. I think they're putting their trust in this guy to lead them, and they've really bought in. And a lot of times we saw it with Mike Leach um, last year in 2020. Um, I guess that wasn't last year. Technically, it's been two years. But in the 2020 season, 
when they lost some players on that team and you got down to that core group when they were playing with 43 guys or whatever, I think there's something to be said about that. When you have your backs against the wall and you realize that you're basically all you've got is that small group of people, I think you're, there's an ability in everybody at a certain point to kind of fight. It's that fight-or-flight mentality that you always hear about. Some people go in the opposite direction. I feel like Mississippi State is the is the ones that are fighting right now, and you're down to seven players. They realize that nobody's really giving them a chance, and they're the underdogs in every game they're going up against, even against teams like Auburn. So I think that Doug Novak has been able to kind of channel that with this team. He's a great X's and O's coach. I think you give that guy an opportunity to scout a team and to have a chance to look at a team and 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 implement a plan with his team. And I think he's got a chance to to execute at a high level. And they might not beat South Carolina or anything like that, but I feel like the game plan is going to be solid. And that's what we, we're seeing with them right now. We're seeing a really solid game plan. And on top of that, we're seeing execution at a really high level on both ends of the court. This is a team that has one player over six foot, Charlotte Cole. And that's a player that nobody would have expected to be playing major minutes, much less starting. Uh, so she fouls out the other night, and you're playing with uh, players under five nine for the last seven minutes of the ball game, and you managed to to keep that game in double digits. So it's just been really impressive to see what he's done with his team in his first women's basketball coaching job. He's never coached women's basketball, yeah, and that's a completely different type of player that you're coaching to. I mean, men and women are different, um, and you have to you have to coach girls much differently than you do guys. And you, he's been coaching men's basketball for 25 years. So uh, I think he's just done a really, got, really good job adjusting. And I think these players have done a really good job buying into what he's teaching right now. State has five games in the next 12 days. This is a pretty tough schedule. Some COVID cancellations have sort of just forced this. Uh, they're at Kentucky tonight. Then they have LSU at home. That's a good LSU team. Kim Mulkey's got that program going in the right direction. Missouri on the road, who the Bulldogs beat earlier this year. Tennessee, who's been kind of up and down here in the second half of the season after getting off to a great start, but that is in Knoxville. And then Arkansas uh, here in Starkville to finish out the season on the 27th. So five games left, sitting at 15-8. and eight. What does State's record need to be at the end of this regular season to feel confident about a bid regardless of the SEC tournament? And do you think they can get there? Um, eight and eight in conference. They play 16 conference games. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Well, you got five more games. Yeah. So, yeah. Five, 500 in conference. I feel very confident they're in. That's two more wins. Is that not right? That would be correct. Yeah. They're six and five as we speak. Okay. So, you win two more games. I feel like you're in. I, I mean, I just, I think that the committee is going to look at this team and what they've done in the back half of the schedule. I think they're going to see – because if at that point, let's say they would be – they would have – If they uh, they only won more, they would be 17 and 11. And they'd be six in – I'm trying to do the math on the remaining games. They'd be like six and four or or so Mm -hmm. since Rakia Jackson left. Yeah. And the committee's going to look at that and say, this team's playing their best right now. This is their t- this is the team. This is Mississippi State. Because a lot of teams play – they rack up wins early in the in the schedule and back half of the schedule they're really struggling. 
Mississippi State would be playing their best basketball late in the year, and I think the committee likes that. And I think they're going to reward Mississippi State knowing the circumstances, knowing they've had seven or eight players available for most of the conference schedule, and you're playing with pretty much no size. You're playing with an interim head coach. You're, you're dealing with humans at the end of the day that are making these decisions. And the state's net needs to come up some more, mm-hmm. but they're in a really good position right now, I feel, to make the tournament. You'd like for them to, to build a little bit and get some better seating. Yeah. I mean, you, you have some opportunities here this week. I know, I know it's going to be tough. Uh, you're, and, you know, you're playing three games in five days or whatever. Mm-hmm. But accurate. Kentucky is not good. That is a, that's a very winnable game. They have a great player in Ryan Howard, but they, they have not been very good this year. Mm-hmm. LSU's at home, and I know LSU's really good this year, but – that's a home game. You play good at home against good teams. And then you go to Missouri, a team you've already beaten by 15 points or whatever that was. A two-in-one so week you, would almost make you Two-in-one like week. There. If you beat Kentucky and Missouri, i got to think that they are, they are in. Mm-hmm. And then you have you know, Arkansas coming up as a possibility. Tennessee is going to be really difficult going on the road there. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I feel like the magic number is two for Mississippi State. You win two ball games. I feel like you're in. Yeah. And the fact we're even talking about this right now is remarkable. Mm-hmm. I, I I didn't think Mississippi State was – I thought 10 wins would be a good season for Mississippi State considering the circumstances. And you mean 10 and, total wins, not conference, yes, 10 total. Yes, like four or five conference wins would have been a really good year for State. Every win was big for Mississippi State this season. But the, what they're doing right now, they're beating teams by double digits – they're winning games. It's just a, it's an unbelievable story. I, I don't know if I've seen anything quite like this. Yeah. Do you think they get it? Yes, I do. Okay. I, th- I, I would be really surprised if they can't find a way to win two more games because, I mean, they're, they're on a roll right now and the, it's not an impossible schedule ahead. I didn't think they would beat Ole Miss because I thought Ole Miss was the second-worst matchup that they could face – in uh, the league behind South Carolina. But the, the the game plan was great. They executed at a high level. If they come out of this here two and one, I think you got to feel really good about this team moving into postseason. The other side of that coin, Robbie, and, and you can't help but make these comparisons, is to compare them to the men's team, a team that you felt coming into the season had a lot going for it. You know, had a lot of continuity and had a lot of of talent, and you thought that they were going to be, you know, this is Howland's seventh year, and he's put together his best team, and it has not clicked for that team over there. And you know, they've had some injury issues of their own, but not like they've had over at the women's side. And, and now, you know, we feel like they're healthy, and it, it's still just not coming together for them. I don't know really what the question I'm trying to ask here is because I don't I think these 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 guys they, the teams operate in a vacuum. What happens with the women doesn't affect the men in terms of does it look bad for Howland to not you see what I'm saying? But at the same time, you can't help it. It's just human nature. Say, look at this guy and what he's had to go through, and he's in he's he's in his first year, and he's not even supposed to be the head coach, and this other guy in his seventh year can't get it done. It's just it's just incredible to me to see the difference between the two programs. Yeah, I mean now the women have a better record yeah. than the men. It just it wasn't supposed to be like this, but 
I mean, you're seeing one you're seeing one group that has really kind of rallied around each other, and you're seeing another one that's just kind of confused right now. I don't think you're having any – you know, we never see any locker room issues or anything like that with Ben Howland. I mean, that's one thing that I'll say about Ben Howland and his teams. There hasn't been a ton of that internal strife that we saw, you know, with Rick Stansberry and some of those teams. And you see from time to time when, when teams are struggling – it seems like this team doesn't ever really give up. I mean, we saw it the other day when they got down against LSU that they don't give up, but they just can't win. They just can't win these big games. And that's just been, that's been the uh, nature of Ben Hallen since he's been at Mississippi state. And I, it's, it's two different games. So I don't know how to compare the, the two, but it is very strange that the women are having the success that they are late in the season with the roster that they currently have. And you just, you can't get that with the men now that everybody's kind of healthy. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's frustrating to watch. We talked a lot about them yesterday. I don't really feel like going back into it. No, I don't don't either. One last question about the, the women. I know he wants the job at the end of this. Do you think Doug Novak gets the job? As of right now, I don't. But my whole my whole thing the whole time is he's got to be getting interviewed. He's got to be, you know, up there as a finalist for the job. I mean, he's earned it. There's no doubt about it that he has earned at least a look from John Cohen, a strong look, not a courtesy interview, not a you know, yeah, we'll we'll don't call us, we'll call you. He's earned a legitimate look at this job and I, f- I feel like the there's some valid questions about his recruiting it you know he doesn't have very many ties to the women's game he doesn't know the AAU circuit as well as a lot of other people um, but I feel like you can address those issues with some of the staff that you hired I mean I, you, you hired Doug Novak my game plan would be go get an elite assistant somebody that is a great recruiter at a power five school, pay them more than what they're making at wherever they are. Because I don't think you have to break the bank to get Doug Novak. And you have, you know, if Bob Thornton wants to stay around, that's a great developer of talent that's coaching the NBA, he played in the NBA. We're, we're kind of seeing what he can do with Charlotte Cole right now in the post. He's been working with Jessica Carter. You get a great X's and O's coach and, and Doug Novak, and we've we've already seen what he can do with seven players. What can he do with a full team? So, I mean, that that would be how I would sell it if I'm Doug Novak and I want the job. I, I don't know people in this in this industry as well as some others, but we can put our heads together here and we can go find somebody and pull them here with some good money because Mississippi State is a good job. It's a it's a great place um, as far as women's basketball is concerned, and you don't get the type of support here that you usually do uh, in women's basketball. They can you, you would think they could pay a competitive salary, so that would be my my pitch. But I understand the other side of the coin and playing devil's advocate on it. You know, John Cohen wants to make sure he gets this hire right. The last one didn't work out. He needs to get a really good coach. This fan base loves women's basketball. There's, there's 
uh, a large contingent that is following the sport and very invested in the sport, they don't want to see this program kind of go to the wayside here. So um, I, I think that this is a very important hire, and I think he's going to do his due diligence. If Doug Novak is the best candidate, he needs the job. If you can get a better candidate than that, then you need to hire them. So I don't think he's going to be emotional about this. He showed that whenever he uh, passed on Gary Henderson getting the job in baseball. That's one of his good friends. Uh, so I, I think he's going to do his due diligence and, and, and try to make the best hire here. We'll see what happens. It's going to be a very interesting situation. I feel like the case for Novak right now is stronger than the case for Henderson. Even though Henderson got that team into the College World Series, I, I don't know why I feel that way. Maybe it's because it's Mississippi State baseball. And I, and, I know, and I agree with you that women's basketball is a good job, but it's not on the same level of jobs that Mississippi State baseball is. And you feel like that's a job where you can attract any coach. With women's basketball, I don't know if you can attract that same caliber of coach, but we'll see. We'll see. If I were doing the hiring, Doug Novak would be on the top of my list. If, if he truly wants the job, he's done a fantastic job of it. I'm willing to put the pieces around him for him to be successful. We'll see what happens uh, in the coming weeks. Let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef is what's for dinner. Whatever you're looking for, beef has got a recipe for you. If you're just looking to make something quick, you know, burgers, spaghetti, steaks, they've got that. Or if you're looking for something to long cook, brisket on the smoker or a big pot of stew or, or soup, hey, whatever it is, there's always an answer when it comes to beef. Go to msbeef.org if you're looking for recipes or just more information about the 15,000 Mississippians who are beef producers here in the Magnolia State. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. That's the place you'll find smoked southern soul food. And it's oh so good every time you go. Not just barbecue at Two Brothers. Don't ever forget that. It's always something different, something new, and something awesome. It's right there in the heart of the Cotton District. This weekend, if you're here for baseball, I don't even have to tell you. I know you'll be at Two Brothers at some point. You can't come to Starkville and not go to Two Brothers Smoked Meats. It's so simple with Advantage Business Systems. It doesn't get any easier than this. It is good products, good service. And it's not just good products. It's a comprehensive list of products. It's everything you're looking for. Copiers, printers, computers, software, mailing and information systems, whatever it is, they've got it on deck. And then it's not just good service. It's not, okay, here's the sale and here's our 1-800 number and call us and we'll see if we can get out to you if you have a problem. No, it's a 601 area code and it's a person on the other end of the line and they're taking care of you that day. That's what you get with Advantage Business Systems because they are a Mississippi business just like you. That number is 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Reports from scrimmages this weekend over at Duty Noble Field. Looks like the, the rotation of pitchers was Landon Sims, Cade Smith, Jackson Fristo. Robbie, you think that's going to be what we see this weekend when uh, Long Beach State comes to town? That sounds right. Um, it looks like Andrew Walling's probably going to be on the back burner as far as the starter is concerned. I thought Cade Smith would be um, in that rotation. That third guy was who I was kind of wondering about. It looks like Jackson Fristo is going to stick in the starting rotation like he did for most of last season. You and I, you and I thought differently on that one. You, you weren't sure. Your third guy, I was pretty sure the and second Walling. guy was Fristo. You were not sure of that. Yeah, I, I had Walling. I thought I thought they might go with righty lefty righty, um, but and we hadn't seen a whole lot of Fristo in the off season, so I, I wasn't sure you know what to expect from him. But 
big moment for for him and for Cade Smith. Cade Smith getting his first, likely getting his first start um, this weekend in a major top twenty five game. So uh, that this is a big weekend for those guys. And then you have Landon Sims who's making his first uh, start as a Friday night guy. And it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how that rotation goes. But I, like we talked about, I think it's good that Mississippi State has options. Last year, you didn't really know who they had outside of those, those first three that we mentioned for that opening weekend last year. This year, you know there are some, there are some pieces. If somebody doesn't work out, somebody else can come in there, slide in there, and, and give it their shot too. So I feel pretty good about State starting pitching. And I, it's going to be interesting to see how they do against Long Beach State. I don't know much about that team this year. I just know that West Coast teams are usually high-quality pitching and defensive teams. Um, they're not always known for their hitting. Mm. So I don't know if we'll learn a whole lot about that pitching staff in week, week one, but this is a good opportunity for them against a team that should be able to still hit the ball pretty well. Well, one thing we do know about Long Beach State is they have been predicted to win their conference uh, by the coaches out there in the Big West uh, by a pretty wide margin. They got seven first-place votes. The only other team that got a first-place vote was UC Santa Barbara. And <laughs> as you mentioned, this is a pretty good baseball conference. Long Beach State, Irvine, Santa Barbara. Obviously, Fulton has had national championships in the past. They've been down a little bit. Yeah, that, that that conference wouldn't scare you in, in basketball or football. Baseball is just right They got, they got some talent. Really good, yes, that's a really good conference. With, with, with this rotation, and obviously, you know, these guys are going to be on pitch counts. This, this is Mississippi State. We all saw what happened last year. You know, nobody's going into the eighth, ninth inning. Nobody's throwing 95, 100 pitches this weekend. My guess is I wouldn't be surprised to see 60, 70 pitches be the pitch count uh, for all of these guys. Um, Five innings would probably be the most that I Yeah, if you want to look at innings, yeah, for sure. Unless you're just absolutely moving along. And then you're going to see, you mentioned Walling, you know, guys like Casey Hunt, Preston Johnson, you know you're going to see him uh, this weekend. Uh, I would imagine you'll see Parker Stinnett this weekend. I imagine you're going to see, you know, Cam Tuller some uh, this weekend because, you know, there's just not a lot of lefties uh, out there on on the roster uh, for Mississippi State. Uh, Brandon Smith, Stone Simmons, all of those guys, you know, I expect to see them. Mikey Tepper as another one. So State's going to probably try to throw as many guys as they can out there this weekend to get everybody a little bit of work. Uh, and then, you know, you obviously have a midweek game next week against Pine Bluff. That's a game, you know, I, I hate to, you know, predict wins in baseball because you never know. And we, we, the Texas Southern thing is still sort of fresh from a few years ago. But that's a game State should win pretty easily and they should be able to pitch. You know, State – Lamonis has been – Never been scared to do a guy an inning in those midweek games against the SWAC teams that he should win pretty easily. So I'm excited to see these all, all these arms and to see who you know who shows some early season consistency. Obviously with Landon Sims, who I don't know if you saw this today, D1 baseball ranked the top 150 starting pitchers in college baseball this year. Landon Sims, a guy who has never started a game in college, was number one on the list. Are you surprised by that? A little. I'm a little surprised that he's number one, but. I just think that those guys are really high on on what he brings to the table. I mean, we saw him last year; he was virtually untouchable. He, he might he might get they might connect like one or two at bats, but you're not going to load the bases on him. You're, there's not going to be many guys that are going to take him out of the yard. Uh, Nico Cavadas 
notwithstanding. But <laughs> um, still going. Yeah, but I, I just think people know that the type of pitcher that he is, and this is a chance this year for him to really make a jump and jump into that first round if he can if he can show that he can yeah uh, throw two or three three or four pitches out there and and get through some lineups throughout a game. With, with the kind of stuff he has, if he develops a third pitch and is able to to live up to that kind of hype, we're talking about a top five pick. You're talking about a guy he, he'd go ahead of where Bednar went. He he'll go ahead of where Ethan Small went. He'll be a, a top five, top ten kind of pick uh, for Mississippi State, which is always you know great for recruiting. The game, in case you did not uh, see this on Twitter or on social media, moved up to two o'clock. It's just going to be cold. It's supposed to be very rainy. I know that on uh, our Thursday. Uh, remote, we've sort of had to, to shuffle our plans a little bit. We're going to be inside the press box because the weather is going to be bad. So any chance of being uh, outside has sort of been taken away from us, which I hate it, but it is what it is. Um, so, yeah, 2 o'clock first pitch for Mississippi State. That's what's 2-2-1 are your three games this weekend. Uh, 2 o'clock first pitch and then 6 o'clock. I made this comment today, by the way, and I hate to go back to men's basketball. but So it's 2 o'clock first pitch, right? And then it's 6 o'clock tip against Missouri on Friday night. I'm saying 10,000 at the baseball game. For 2 p.m.? I think it's going to be a big crowd. It's the first game as the national champions. People are going to make an attempt to get there. I, I, uh, but even if I'm not, you know, going to be 10,000. 7,000, 8,000. Good crowd, right? How many go to the hump? I'm going to say 4,500 oh, is at the home. I totally disagree with you. I think it would be like 2,000. The people are going to go to dinner. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I'm not expecting a packed house, but I mean, 4,500 is not a great crowd. I think if once they lose this game Wednesday, which I believe they will do, I'm not even in the mood to preview it. But if they lose this game Wednesday, I think people are just going to say no. I'd rather just go, go to dinner or go home than, than go sit through that. I just I don't have a good feeling for that. So we will see. One last thing before we get out of here. I do love a not a way too early prediction. In any sport, I'll take them. Brett McMurphy from the Action Network. Way too early bowl predictions for all 42 bowls. What's our thoughts on this, Robbie? Mississippi State and Maryland in the Birmingham Bowl. That reeks of six and six to me. That's <laughs> Going back to our discussion for last week, just not knowing anything else, just knowing that bowl prediction, if that comes to pass, I think 2023 is make or break for Mike Leach. Um, you probably lost to Ole Miss. Yeah. And you're in a <coughs> Who I'm totally jealous of, by the way. Ugh. Totally jealous of Ole Miss. They're going to the Las Vegas Bowl in this prediction. Yeah. Yeah, that, that'd be nice. I would take wouldn't it. mind going for a weekend in Vegas. I feel like that needs to be a full week's worth of coverage. I got to be honest with you. Yeah, thunder and lightning nine. live from the strip. Yes, let's set up a let's set up a thing on top of the Cosmopolitan and all that. We'll go to uh, we'll go cover the uh, Celine Dion concert. We'll see how many crab legs I can eat. Things I'm like down that. with that. Yeah, well they're pre cracked out there, you know. They crack them for you. You don't have to do any work. You just pull the meat out and go. <laughs> you can have a uh, remembrance of your time at the Bellagio. <laughs> yes, something like that. Um, but you for real, six and six Birmingham Bowl. 
I mean, I, I'm not, I, I don't, you know, it could be seven and five, but <sighs> that feels, that feels bad. That feels bad. Yeah, that's, that's not good. That's state needs to be better than that. No, people are not going to get on board with that. Yeah. Looking at this, uh, these predictions here, he's got Georgia and Alabama back in the playoff, taking on, uh, he's got <laughs> oh, <laughs> Alabama taking on Clemson and Ohio State, Georgia. So, you know, Second verse, same as the first there. Uh, Texas A&M in the Sugar Bowl. Well, we'll see how that, that pans out. Uh, Tennessee in the Texas Bowl. Florida in the Citrus Bowl. Big, that'd be a big bounce back uh, for, uh, for the Florida to get to the Citrus Bowl. Uh, the Outback Bowl has Kentucky. Uh, the Music City Bowl, Arkansas. Uh, Las Vegas Bowl. You know They switch, in case you're wondering how that works. It's a switch every year with the... Uh, Oh, it's with the um, the eight the Big Ten, I think. And this year, the Big Ten goes to the Mayo Bowl, Duke's Mayo Bowl, and then the SEC goes to Las Vegas Bowl, and then it'll switch next year. So he has Ole Miss in the Vegas Bowl taking on Washington, uh, and then another SEC Auburn in the Liberty Bowl taking on TCU, and then as we mentioned, Mississippi State in the Birmingham Bowl. Yeah, that that's a that's a bowl prediction. Mike Leach doesn't need doesn't need that one to come true. Needs to be a little bit better than that uh, in 2022. We shall see. All right, Robbie, you know what tomorrow is. It's Rumblings Day. Get your questions in now, and we will be happy to answer them. Thursday's show will recap what happens in Tuscaloosa with Mississippi State takes on Alabama. We'll also recap the women's game from tonight. Uh, Mississippi State-Kentucky, if Robbie's correct, and that, that is a win for the Bulldogs, could be uh, on their way to maybe sealing up an NCAA tournament berth, which, again, is just an incredible job by Coach Doug Novak. Uh, plenty more to talk about. Obviously, a lot of baseball to talk about. We'll go ahead and give you our our predictions and and everything for the 2022 season uh, leading into opening day. Have a great Tuesday. Robbie and I will be back with you on Wednesday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Back is back, goes on mass destruction. Gas to see the bad boys are wrestling. Testing competition, win the war, that's their mission. Not no mercy, see the race like the street. If you don't know, you better find out the war pack. Here to prove a point, number one, best believe that you don't want to test with them. I'll be here for them, come in the ring with them, you're never walking out again. So you're back on the war pack. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.